Hello, hello, happy Friday and welcome to Love Unlocks. It is such a great privilege to host this and to have you come on board and join us. Thank you, thank you very much. I can see many of the regulars already signing up. Uh, so good to see you guys, thank you. And if you are logging on for the first time, Love Unlocks is a live stream session where I chat to some amazing people who've got awesome stories about how God's love has unlocked their lives. And, uh, and typically I speak to people who I know well and have had an impact on my life. And, uh, and I would love to just share those stories with you. And we, we hope to bring hope and encouragement and inspiration. And uh, so yeah, thank you for logging on. Please share this live link as we are going with everyone around you, your friends, your family. Uh, these, I really believe that these messages can, can inspire and help and, and bring hope to so many people. And we would really appreciate your help in, in, in making that happen. Uh, and this is brought to you by our ministry called Love Key that my wife and I have. Love Key is, uh, we've, we're focused on, on ministering wholeness to families and unity to the body of Christ because we believe a healthy nation is built on healthy families and healthy families are built on Jesus. So that's what our focus is. That's what our heart is. And this is part of making that happen. And today we have a very special guest who's kind of a, in a way, a neighbor of mine because we live in the same city. And uh, even though we can't, you know, at this stage visit each other's homes, at least we can visit in this way. Uh, he was one of the first people to, to ask me to come and minister at his church even before I made the move to Christian music four five years ago. And uh, he's, he's married to the beautiful Janine. They've got three awesome children. They live here in, in the Helderberg in Somerset West. He heads up Allenbag Ministries and the Bay Christian Family Church. Please welcome uh, a wonderful teacher of the word, Alan Bag. Yay! Welcome to Love Hi, Unlocks. It's good to be with you. I need, to get, you. <laughs> I need to get one of those sound effects where we get the massive applause uh, going. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm always well. Thank wonderful. you. Wonderful. And it's so good to be with you. I'm really excited about what you're doing. And it's an honor to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Thank How you. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. I love this. I love this time of the day, uh, getting to chat to, to people like you and, and sharing the stories. I, I love it. And it's, uh, it's exciting. It's nerve-wracking as well uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm used to just getting up on a stage and singing. And now I'm, I'm the sound guy, the lighting guy, the camera guy, the IT guy. We've <laughs> got to do all these things. But, but it's, it's been, it's been I great. I think we all got that. <laughs> to now, hey. Yeah, yeah, we all have to, you know, uh, expand our skill set in this time. It's amazing. But uh, yeah, I've I've known you for quite a long time. Um, I think it's going on ten years even, and uh, wow. and it has and, been a while. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and and we we've had some great times together in your church with ministry. We've had some great chats over coffee, and uh, and I've I've just really been inspired, and I. I, I just want to honor you for the man of God that you are, for the way that you teach the Word of God, and the way that you have inspired so many here and around the world. So thank you for, for making time for this and uh, for being open to this conversation. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, bless you. Praise God for His grace. Amen. Um, oh, we've got some people logging on. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Uh, please tell us where you're from. We've got someone from Alberton. We've got someone saying hi to you. Susanna Anakum is saying hello. Anel de Clerc, Brian Wilkinson, Ramona 
Oh man, so many people. Someone from Perth is logging in. Uh, that's so wow. cool, Rob Roberto from Perth. That's amazing. Welcome everybody. It's so good to see you. Well, if you're just logging on, we are chatting to to Dr. Alan Bag. Um, but today I'm just gonna call him Alan because you know we've had some coffee together, and uh, yeah. we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have a fun time getting to know him a bit. So how I normally do this is we ask some some just you know interesting questions, fun questions, getting to know the guest, and then we'll we'll shift into uh, into more of the story of how they met Jesus, how they gave their lives to Christ. So yeah, um, I would love to. I always like to kick off with family. So you're married to Janine. Uh, we've had some great times together. I'd love to know how long have you guys been married now? We were married in 1987. So you know, you always got to do the math after that. So <laughs> that's that. Okay. All right. <laughs> 33 years now. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Well done. Inspiring, inspiring, and and then the other thing I, I love to know is the, the you know they they talk in the movies they talk about that meet cute moment the you know what oh, yeah. I know that you guys met before getting saved but obviously there was still you yes. know there was still that you know falling in love that moment of uh, knowing this is the one and so I'd love to know from the moment of meeting her and getting to know her till popping the question how how long was that period. Well, we actually met on a blind date. What? So okay. it was, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, doing my national service in the army and I uh, lived in Cape Town, but my mother lived in Johannesburg. So I would go on army passes to Johannesburg, I'd alternate between Johannesburg and Cape Town. Okay. And while I was in Johannesburg, I was visiting with my mom, but of course all my friends were down here, but my sister and my brother were in Johannesburg with mom. And so we would go out with their friends and do things. And so one day I wanted to just go have a movie and coffee and ask my sister, do you have any friends that, uh, you know, I'm not interested in any relationship. I'm still in the army. I just want to go have a movie and coffee. So she said, well, all her friends have got boyfriends and, you know, everybody, she doesn't know anybody that's single. So I said, look, as I said, I'm not interested in anything else. She was going out with a family friend of Janine's at the time. So she knew Janine and she just happened to mention it. And, and Janine at first said, nah, she's not interested. And then <laughs> her mom, thank God for good mother-in-laws. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> her mother <laughs> encouraged her, said, just, just go, just go out, you know, yeah. have fun. And so the first time I met Janine was when I went to go pick her up. So as we knocked on the door, she opened the door. And as the door opened, I don't know, you know, if violins were playing or whatever. Wow. <laughs> There's such a thing as love at first sight. But I looked and I said, wow, okay. I, I like this lady. That's awesome. And so we started going out and, uh, you know, we went out that day. And we, we, I still was doing my army service and that's a whole nother story. We both got our own sides because I would write and she never wrote back to ah. me. <laughs> but that night when we got back from the first date, she broke up with her boyfriend. So I've got my story on that side. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> of course, she... She says things slightly differently, but it's all you know, matter of opinion. That's so I same, believe it's the same with my story. Yeah, oh, they they have they have their side. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now look, I, she was going out. She went out with me that night. She breaks up with her boyfriend. Okay, we put two and two together, and we yeah. come up with one thousand. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. And so from that day on, we you know we stayed. I I wrote to her while I was in the army, and then obviously every pass from then on, I went to Johannesburg. And then when we came out the army, I moved up to Johannesburg 
to be near her. And the relationships grew and grew and grew. And, and the, the funny thing is that my, uh, my parents got divorced. We came from a, a family history of a lot of divorces. And when I saw, because my parents got divorced when I was 17 or 18 after being married for almost 20 years, I thought, wow, if they if their marriage couldn't last, then yeah. I'm not interested. And I actually said, I don't want to get married till I'm 30. Mm. And at least I know who I am and what I'm doing. And so Janina went out and we were just growing more and more and more in love. And uh, Janine kept you know, she started getting serious, asking about marriage, and I told her, I said, I'll, I'll, we can marry, but I'm going to wait till I'm 30 so that I know what I'm doing is right. And how old were you at the time when you said that to her? How long before you would turn 30? Oh, Still a while. Was, <laughs> when was that? Uh, that would have been 84, 85. What would that make me? About 21, 22, 23, somewhere there, 23, 24. So she was going to have to wait and, about eight uh, years to get married? <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and what would happen is in the mornings, I would go, I'd get in my car, drive to her house, pick her up. We'd drive to work together. Okay. And then drive home. I'd be at her house. My mom would always, we'd have supper there, watch TV there. And then, at, then when it was time, I'd say goodnight to her. And I'd drive home and sleep at home. And... We were living this way all yeah. the time, backwards and forwards. And one day I was driving home, and I tell you, it was a freezing night. I was in a balaclava and gloves and everything, and I, I thought, you know, I'm doing this out of love. And then it suddenly struck me. I thought, why are you doing this? You're almost living like a married couple. The only difference yeah. is you're sleeping in different beds. Yeah. Um, you, you love the girl. What are you waiting for? And so uh, this was, as you say, before we were saved. So uh, at, at that point, I said, no, I believe we, we need to get married. And so that New Year's Eve, uh, we normally what we do is we lived in Johannesburg, but over Christmas, we would always go to Cape Town. My dad lived here. And so we'd come down to visit him, catch up with friends, you know, go to the beach and that sort of thing over the Christmas period and New Year's. And so one New Year's Eve, I decided to take Janine to show her the sunset ah, at Bloberg Strand. Moy. And we made sure it was at sunset. And as the sunset, she was standing in front of me and I had my arms around her from the back. And she watched the sunset and then she turned around and said, thank you. And as she looked in my eyes and said, thank you, I said to her, would you marry me? And she burst out laughing. Ah. <laughs> I was waiting for her. I'm being serious here. And she looked at me, double takes it. Oh, you are being serious. Oh, wow. Because she in her mind had already resolved. Yeah, yeah, like you, you don't want to get married. Yeah, I see. I'm a word. Yeah. And she said, you're actually being serious. I said, yes, I am. And so that was it. She said, yes. And praise God. Okay, yeah, we so are. Luckily, the laugh was followed by a yes. That's, that's great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, I love that story. That's, yeah. That could make a really cool movie. I'm just seeing a, a great romantic comedy. There. <laughs> um, yeah. What is the what is the first word that pops into your mind when you think of Janine? Oh my, that's an unfair question because ah. there is some. <laughs> I know. So I'm going to answer it. It's very much on purpose. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, well you, done. You know, if I have to say what defines her, you know, if you say, okay, there's a unique, what what's Janine? Yeah. And I would say joy. 
wow. joy. She is so passionate about people. She loves people. She's a, got an amazing, generous heart. And her whole drive is family, mm. love. She yes. will fight to keep family together. She, she makes it a proactive thing. If anybody starts to drift away, she will make sure that that person's brought back, even if they're kicking and screaming on their way back. She wants to get that, <laughs> the family unit back together. That's awesome. And when you walk in a room with her, or she walks in a room, uh, it's, you know, people may not know this about me, but by nature, I was an introvert and very quiet, very, I had maybe two friends that I could call serious friends and uh, yet Janine lit my life. Sure. She, she, you know, I, she, when she, people will say, you know, that the one thing that marks Janine is you'll hear her laugh from across her room <laughs> and she that's brings true. a sparkle to people. That's life. true. And that's, it brought me so much joy. I love being in her presence. I love being around her. I love the way she loves and loves others. And so, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I think so joy, if you have to, and love would encompass everything. So. Okay, so now, now I've prepared you a little because I'm going to ask you the same thing about your children and, and now your grandson. You're a grandfather. I'm still wrapping my head around that. But, <laughs> so yeah. for each of your children, I want the first word that pops into your mind and then for your, your grandson, Noah, as well. Okay, for my eldest child, Brittany, I'm going to use a hyphenated sentence. <laughs> the mother of the child that gave me a grandchild. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, no, she's, 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 she really has, she's come, you know, she's such a joy to see with her baby. Uh, I know you can't really measure the two because as she was growing up as a little girl, uh, we would give her dolls, but she would, you know, she would color them in and pull them apart, and then the leg was young, you know, arm was there, and you know, <laughs> she didn't really look after they, uh, dolls and babies the way you know you think a little girl would. Yeah, she was a dancer. She okay. loved dancing, very creative in that area. And uh, but when she gave birth to her grandson, just to see the mother in her flower, mm. and the way she's very passionate about her child. It's a great joy to see that as a as a parent, you know, when your baby has a baby, it's another level. Wow. I can only imagine. Yeah. Sure. And your um, other two children? Hey. Michaela is our second born and uh, she is the one that if, if you wanted to know what to get Michaela for birthday, we'd say a doll. And they say, <laughs> what doll? Um, anything. Anything, oh, wow. if it's a baby, if it's a doll. They say, what if she's already got it? That's fine. She's already got three like that. So she, <laughs> she, she would have set up a whole room. She would have a school where they were at and another oh, wow. one. They a whole, right? And she would have a nursery. And so she's always been very passionate. And you can see her when, when she gets into the presence of babies and children. There's a grace. She's sure. uh, running our children's church at this time, at the Bay Christian Family Church. And that's the one testament we get from all the parents is her passion for children. And she's got a very servant heart. Uh, she, she, she'll look at the room and know what's missing and she will go and, and fill it. Wow. So awesome. she is that, 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 that servant heart where she, she wants to help people. And if uh, if you're hurting, you know for a fact McKay is going to be the first on the scene to help you, and she will carry somebody through that. So that, that's very, I would say, yeah, uh, passionate about help, 
and uh, loves kids. And then our youngest is Joshua. Josh, and yeah. Josh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's, you know, if you know Janine and I, we both uh, average kind of height, short, shortish <laughs> average height people. And then we have the son who's who's he just shot out a, yeah yeah amazing uh, just head and shoulders are you know he's, he's he's taller than us but uh he is very passionate about jesus he, he really uh, all our children are all our children are serving in the ministry okay but if uh if when i say that is is that joshua from even a baby from a very young age had a very strong sense of righteousness mm. And he's he's always been that way. He will fight for righteous, for justice. Uh, he knows what's right or wrong. We didn't have to teach wow. him much. We sure. obviously guided him. Mm. There were times he wasn't the perfect child, you know, astray from time to time, but it didn't take much. <laughs> okay. You just had to point out, this is why that's wrong, and he'd go, oh, and he would never do that again. Wow. And so he was, in that sense, uh, so... You know, those are our three, and as I say, they're all serving in the ministry. It's a great joy to us as parents. That's amazing. And then I know Noah is just still a baby, but I mean, I, yeah, I know with, yeah. with the birth of with our baby daughter just now, there was already you already have a sense of this little person. And so, was there something like a thought or a word that came up for you when when he was born? I think his name is appropriate because you know the Noah of the Bible uh, helped. He was there. He was put in place to save and to be a protector. Mm. And when you look at the the, uh, the 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 demeanor, the life of of Noah, and you look at him, you, you see this. You know, we as born again family of God, you can sense the spirit of a person. Yeah, he is just so joyful. He is always happy. He's always <laughs> full of smiles. He's, awesome. He's a very loving child. So I can see love, I can see compassion, and I believe he's going to be a very strong uh, deliverer of healing, of delivering the word, of helping people through situations, being empathetic, being able to administer the love and healing of God. That's awesome. Just calling out the gold now already. I love it. It's so powerful. Sure. Yeah. Amazing. You're a rich man, a wealthy man. So so much joy in the house. Uh, that's that's awesome. And it's yeah, I I've I've seen you with your family so many times and it's always inspiring and such a joy. And uh, also when you teach on family, uh, it's 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 great. So thank you for that. Um, you you have a couple of hobbies that I know about. I'm sure there's more. Uh, you you love to dive, but you don't just dive. You know, you actually swim with the sharks. I was shocked when you told me that. Yeah. Once. And you don't do the cage thing. <laughs> you go to the sharks just, you know, roaming around in the ocean. Um, so I, I just want to know. I mean, I, I realize that there's a specific way of doing that. You understand something about the ocean and the sharks and whatever. But has there in those sessions been any kind of close encounters with these sharks where you went, ooh, that was maybe, you know, a little bit dangerous or a little bit close? No, no. Okay. I you always respect. That's very important. You know, they say the ocean's dangerous. No, it's not. You need to respect it. Yeah. The shark is one of the most misunderstood animals, thanks to Hollywood. Yeah. 
And, you know, if you think of Hollywood, uh, it doesn't matter where it is. I mean, Jaws was the big one that yeah. everybody remembers, where Shark was proactively chasing one person, you know, trying yeah. to chomp somebody. And But even if you think of general movies, when somebody is stranded on a boat, you know, they might run out of water, they run out of food, but guaranteed the shark's going to find a boat. <laughs> yeah. It's always the storyline. So, yeah. Yes. And yet, when you're in their environment, you must understand that when, yes, sharks are predators, they do hunt for food, but not like a lion, you know. If you think of a lion or something like that, they're opportunists. In other mm. words, if something runs, instinct kicks in and they'll chase it. Uh, a shark is, it'll, when you think of somebody that is bitten on the surface, it's usually a misunderstanding. They, 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 they diet are seals, for example, and yeah. a, a surfer gives the impression of a seal. Yeah. And so, of course, the attack is, uh, will hit the person. But once that happens, uh, the shark doesn't want them for food. So, but for us being softer in flesh, it's, it can be fatal. Yeah. And that's very unfortunate. But when you're in their environment, when you're underwater, that's why I, I won't go on the surface knowing that. But if you're scuba diving, but even if you're on the surface and, you know, I said to someone, if you say you're a meter away from a boat or two meters away from the boat and you see a shark fin on the water, what are you going to do? Yeah. Most people say, I'm going to hit the boat. You, know, that's, <laughs> you, you don't want to do that because it's going to okay. kick and splash and create the wrong expression. All you can do is take a deep breath, go underwater and look at the shark and it will see you and it will turn away. And swim That's away from amazing. You. That's great advice. So, but I don't know how many people will actually do that. <laughs> like, go down, look at the shark, <laughs> and he will swim away. I love so it. So when you're in their environment yeah. and you're diving with them, they'll swim. They'll, they'll come right up to you because they're also wow. inquisitive. Uh, they want to know what this is, but yeah. they don't see your food. Mm. You're not food to. So they'll swim by. Depending on the species, some species are more inquisitive. Others will swim away. Others they just don't even mind that you're there. So they'll swim up to you, they'll look at you, and you can see the eye scanning you, you scanning him, and he'll swim away. So that's That's amazing. Uh, but, but, I mean, as you say, there's, there's, this, there's this massive preconceived idea about them. And I remember speaking to you about the first time, and I was like, even my preconceived ideas were shaken, that that's possible. Um, but that's that's so amazing. What a great, uh, what a, what a great hobby. And... It must have been a while since you've been able to dive. Uh, has have you? Have I know. You, have you missed thing. it? <laughs> Very much. I can imagine. Yeah, I, I like to dive regularly, and of course, at this time we haven't been able to do that. So we were hoping that somewhere along the line they'll open it up again. I'm sure they will. Uh, you know, it's it's easily so to social distance underwater. You know, <laughs> up to each other. You you're wearing more, a mask, so, <laughs> so you're breathing your own air. I'm sure that's safe. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I would, I would love to know if you would be willing to share a most embarrassing story with us, preferably one that happened on stage, if you have one. <laughs> Not really. Oh, my. I, I don't really, I, you know, that's something I, I tend to, I don't retain those memories for very long. My family could probably <laughs> tell a few. Okay. Times right. that I've said things, said certain things from the platform. And then, uh, you know, I just watch my family. They come unstuck and then the rest <laughs> of the congregation 
as it moves on, but they yeah. they won't let that. Of go. course, <laughs> and they'll remind you of that. That's their job as a family. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> or or there's like these internal jokes at home that no one else knows, and then it happens on stage, and they laugh, and no one else laughs. That happens as well. Um, and yes. you've traveled quite extensively around the world outreaches, conferences, all these kinds of things. And it's always, I mean, I'm sure an amazing experience seeing people come to Christ, lives being changed. But I also know from my own experience that oh, every now and again, there's you know something funny that happens. I was just going to ask if, if you can recall any uh, funny or interesting stories that happened at, at an outreach or a conference where you were. I think the the first experience that I had that, would, that could actually help a lot of traveling speakers. Yeah is, uh, you know, if, if someone is a minister and you're young and you're going to start traveling, a lot of us have learned these things through experience. But I remember the very first time that uh, I, I spoke overseas, I had been praying. I'd, I'd just woken up. All of a sudden, it was like 3 o'clock on the dot. I woke up like I'd never been woken up before. And I looked at my clock and it was 3.00. And I, not that that's significant. It was just like, wow, I, mm. I'd never been woken like that. Mm. And I had this strong sense that I need to go and pray. So I immediately went down to my study and I started praying. And the Lord spoke to me and gave me a word for Australia. Sure. And so I looked at the time and the time there would have been early morning. Yeah. And so I knew my friend would be awake that I knew in Australia. And I phoned him. I said, hey, listen, this is what the Lord has spoken to me. He said this. And he said, that is a very now word. You need to get over here and come and minister it. Yeah, sure. I think from our church, most of our pastors had gone to America for their first trip. And in my mind, I kind of thought that's what I'd be doing as well. Yeah. And so I was, I was gearing up for the fact that I would one day travel overseas. But now my friend was saying, no, you need to get over to Australia as soon as possible. Come minister that. So you can come to my church and start there. And. So I said, okay, that'll be great. So where are you? And he's in, in Brisbane. And obviously at the time, we either landed in Perth or Sydney. Yeah, yeah. So in talking to the rest of my friends, there was a friend here in South Africa, and I mentioned that I'm going to Australia. He said, well, I actually would like you to visit some of the churches I've been to. So I said, okay, well, uh, that'll be nice. I haven't been over, and it'll be great to minister. So he set me up with some other churches. Okay. And one of them was in Sydney, so I was going to go there first. Yeah. Now, as I said, um, I was naive. I didn't know how, what to do, what to set up. I just spoke to the churches, and they all said, yes, we would be happy to have you on the basis of our friends said you should come. Sure. That's great. So I went into that's all i had i just knew the churches i was going to and having known my pastor had traveled and he'd given stories of how you know the churches they'll put you up they look after you they pick you up etc etc yeah so i didn't think of looking at any of that and so i <laughs> landed in sydney yeah and i walked out of in the arrivals hall and there was my name on a board and i walked up and this pastor of this other church was my friend this was this, this other church he said, oh, are you Alan Bag?" I said, yes. He says, I'm so-and-so and I'm from this church. I said, wonderful. That's great. And we started talking. How was the trip? And it was great. It was fun. You and how's it been here? And we're just standing in the arrivals hall chatting, chatting, chatting. And I realized we're not going anywhere here. So, <laughs> oh, no. That doesn't look so good. So eventually, 
I looked at him and I, and I was, and then could tell you could see he got he picked up a similar thing. He says, yeah. "So, where are you staying?" Uh, <laughs> oh no! So I looked at him. I said, "Okay, is there somewhere you can recommend that I stay?" Oh man! So he said to me, "What's your budget?" <laughs> I, I just managed to pay for the airfare. I, oh I, my I goodness! I'm going. I, I actually thought I just took it for granted because yeah. that's what I heard. That's how it normally works. Yeah, they host you. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. So I'm looking at him and said, "Well, um, can you show me what's available?" I don't know. So he took me to this board in the airport, and it's got all the hotels, and he's showing all the different hotels, and there's a price. I just thought, man, I'm gonna have to go with that one. I didn't know where it was. And says, oh, okay. And that was we went through on the. I flew out on Monday, arriving Tuesday. The idea was I wanted three or four, four days to acclimatize because I didn't know. I heard about jet lag. I didn't know how serious it was. I didn't. Then it was a new country, so I thought, let me go a few days early to acclimatize, and then I'm speaking that Sunday. So he drove me to the hotel, and he said, "All right, now uh, this is the hotel you've asked for. So we'll leave you here, and then we'll come pick you up on Saturday." And that was the last I saw. <gasps> what? <laughs> For days. And I, oh, my word. That's and crazy. And so I thought, oh, wow. So, okay. And uh, praise God. I, then what I did is I, I thought, well, I'm in the town. I'm in the city. So yeah. I started looking around. And it was quite interesting there because I, started, I just went to the Yellow Pages, looked up some churches. And in that, I found, uh, first of all, it was uh, the Assemblies of God, Brian Houston. Uh, not Brian. Um, was his father's name again uh, it was his dad okay he, he was right. at the time all right and so i went to go and meet with him he said he's only got 10 minutes for me so i said that's fine i just want to come and see what's happening with you and say so in australia he didn't know who i was i'm just a kid from yeah. south africa yeah well, we sat for two hours wow. and he just departed wisdom sure and then he says i'd love for you to meet my son he's just started a, a church out in 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 uh, hills. No way. A place called. Yeah. And he gets on the phone. Hey, Brian, I got a young guy from South Africa. I think you'd <laughs> like it. You want to do it. That's so, so cool. So I went over, and they were still in the university, and Brian was meeting with his leaders. And I walked in. He said, Hey, Alan, yeah. So he says, Okay, I'm gonna. He says, I'm just gonna finish off here. We can go have a coffee. And at the time, Hillsong wasn't Hillsong. They yeah. had just produced their CD. I okay. saw it on the side. As he walked out, he took a CD, he says, yeah, take this, and he <laughs> gave it to me. And no one knew who they were at the time. Wow. So, but I didn't know who they were. I can't say no one. I didn't know. And we had coffee together and got back home and then listened through the CD and thought, wow, this is, this is good stuff. We can use yeah. some of this in the church. Yeah. And from there, you know, it obviously grew. So that was part of that experience. That's amazing. And so... I'm saying all of this is that the way, and I'm, I'm going to cut the thing short here because some other things happened with this other church, is that was the day it marked me. I said, Lord, I didn't come here for any other reason than I was invited to come and minister your word. Yeah, I'm not coming expecting anything from anywhere. That was the day I made a decision. I would never preach for any other reason than God sent me he wants me to be there yeah i'm not gonna invite myself in i'm not going to ex preach for you know people might think preach for money i'm not gonna do that 
I'm there to minister the gospel. And if I get nothing, I turn that into a mission trip. Mm. And from that moment on, the, the grace of God showed up. And so, yeah, so from, we, we learned a lot of things from that. Now we do a lot of preparation ahead of time to make sure. That <laughs> to make sure there's, there's at least a place to sleep. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But that, that is, you know, a lot of times how you learn. Um, I've got similar stories about asking people for sound, and they say, yes, we have sound, and then you get there, and it's like... Yeah, very interesting things have happened. <laughs> but yeah, but that, I love yeah. how you made the best out of that. That's such a great thing. And just for those people who may be younger, uh, the Yellow Pages was this <laughs> book with numbers in <laughs> for local people that you can find. Just, you know, for those who don't know what Yellow Pages are. <laughs> but that's so cool that you could find Brian Houston's father and then, oh, man, that's such a cool story. So, uh I, I do want to get into your story because I think it's so it's so cool and uh, so I've heard this a few times and it's it's really so inspirational. Uh, so can you please share with us your your story of how you met Jesus, how you came to Him, and and the, and just that the journey from there into into ministry uh, and how that happened because it's such a great story. Please share that with us. Wow, uh, that it is quite a journey because. Uh, it almost begins from the time when my parents got divorced. Mm. Uh, we, we, I was brought up in a, in, a, in a home where my mom was always aware of God. She made sure we went to Sunday school, even if my parents didn't. You know, back then, in those, that era, you were considered to be Christian, even if you were just baptized as a baby. Yeah. Uh, and your parents, you know, if you weren't an atheist that you were a Christian. So yeah. And so uh, my mom at the time as as I say 16, 17 years old, very impressionable age. Uh, we were going to a church, very religious type of church and uh, very dogmatic about certain doctrines. And my parents got divorced at the time and from my impression, I wasn't very happy with the way the church dealt with my mother. It wasn't, you know, she was going to church. She was wanted to love God, but just their response or my impression of their response was, if that's Christians, I don't want to know them. Sure. And I walked away from the institution called the church. I always knew there was a power, uh, uh, but I didn't weigh what I saw in Christians mm. that I knew. And so I went on a journey of searching. I was looking for different things. I looked into, you you name an ism out there. I looked into <laughs> it. And, you know, even the devil, he comes with a measure of truth, but he's a, he's a lie, the father lies. There is no truth in him. So if he opens his mouth, there's a lie. Yeah. But he can coat it with a form of truth yeah. that, you know, is a way that seems right to a man, but the way the end of his death. So I could see I like this about this type of religion, but I'll keep that, but I don't want all this other junk. And then I looked at another one, and I liked that. And I kind of built up an Alanism, if you can put it that <laughs> Your own religion. Just a philosophy that I tried to live by. Yeah. But I, even in university, I had people that would witness to me, try to lead me to Jesus, and I'd get into violent arguments with them because I'm a very analytical person. And if mm. one plus one doesn't make two, then 
I'm going to take that argument apart. And yeah. and sometimes some things people said, I just I would argue all the time. And when it came to the to to the gospel, in that time of me, Ninja Nina and I got married, and I was still reading all this everything I can around spirituality, spiritual issues, and my mother had in the meantime she had an encounter at Christian Family Church in Johannesburg, Apostle Thea Vormerens. Mm. And she was miraculously healed in a hearing. Wow. And so she started serving Jesus there. And so, of course, being now I had a true encounter with God, healing, and she tried to then lead us to Jesus, invite us to church and talk about the Bible, give us tapes from Apostle Theo. And eventually I got in into a heavy argument with my mother one day. I said, if you ever give me another tape, if you talk to me about Jesus, invite me to church one more time, I will walk out of your life as a son. You'll never see me again. Sure. That's how empty I was mm. against it. Yeah. And my mother said, well, you know, uh, she went to God and said, I'm not prepared to lose my son. So I'm going to back off you. I'm giving him to you. I'm going to pray and intercede that the right person speaks to him. Yeah. And she started interceding and started praying. In the meantime, uh, Janine had, as before we got married, she had a disease called fibrous dysplasia. Mm. It's a disease where fibers form in the bone. And in fact, when they took the x-ray, it was in her thigh bone, uh, you know, the, the upper, the femur. Yeah. And the... Fibers had formed such pressure on the bone that the bone had cracked. If you looked at the x-ray, you could see there was a hairline crack all the way through the bone with a sure. little sliver holding it together. Wow. So the radiologist didn't even let her get back on her feet. They put her in a wheelchair, took her straight through to the ward, and they said, you're going to have to have this bone taken out right now. Sure. And she went into a major operation. They cut her from her hip to her knee and then cut the bone just below the ball and socket and then just above the knee, they took that bone out. They put a steel bar and bolted it into the, the ball joint and then screwed it just above the knee. And then that's a st her upper leg is a steel bar. Mm. And cut her back and took bone out of there to form around the bar and then sewed her back up. Yeah. And it took months to learn to walk again. And wow. she went through terrible agony. I, I, anybody that's had a bone operation has told me that mm. it is one of the most painful operations. Sure. And so she had to learn to walk all over again. And she, she did. And she got better. And time we got married. And then after we were married, as I said, my mother was now attending Christian Family Church. Janine just developed some pain in her lower leg. And so we went in for x-rays. And the doctor had... It was devastating news is that it's a very rare form of fibrous, fibrous dysplasia. Normally, it only happens in one bone, but there's a rare form of the disease that starts to spread through the body. So now they found it in a second bone. They were very concerned. Yeah. And they said, that bone's going to have to come out as well. It was in the and So you've got the fibula as the front one and the tibia as the back. In the lower leg, you've got the two bones. Yeah. So... It was the back one, which is not a structural problem. He says, because it's not a structural problem, we can take it out. You won't even know it's missing, uh, but it has to come out. It's not an emergency like the first time, so you can go home and prepare for it. So, of course, this devastated to mm. me. And 
you've been her uh, um, husband. And so we now have to think, what are we going to do here? So, of course, we started telling the family about it, that she's going to have to have this operation. And one day we went to my mom. We're going to tell her now. We were at her house, and we go through the whole story. And my mother just, when we were done, she looks at us, and she says, does anybody want any tea? And I said, yeah, I'd like a cup of tea. And so she said, okay. And as she got up, she says, Janine, come with me. <laughs> and, and as she said that, I went, oh, I know where this is going. And I, <laughs> so they, instead of going left to the kitchen, they turned right up the passage. And I heard my mother's bedroom door close. And I'm already, I'm not, oh, what is going on in there? Yeah. And they were there for a while. And eventually they came out. Mom went to the kitchen and Janine came back to the lounge and she sat down and I looked at her and I said, so what did you talk about? And she said, no, nothing. <laughs> and, she, and you know what that no nothing yeah, looks yeah. like. It's like, I'm fine. You know, but <laughs> yeah. And so I'm, I'm now already starting to seethe because I'm, I'm kind of thinking I know what happened here. So we had our tea and whatever. We on our way home. And we stopped at a traffic light, and Janine looked at me and said, Mom says, Jesus will heal this. Mm. And then I, I, I exploded. I said, that's, that's the end. I don't, I, this is exactly what I warned my mother about. Yeah. And Janine looked at me, and she just burst into tears and said, please, I am desperate. Yeah. I'm willing to try anything. Can you just please support me with this? Wow. And there she found my, that, that, that is my, I used to call it my weakness, but actually it's a strength, is that yeah. I'm, 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 I am so supportive of, if, if you're an underdog and you're fighting and you're battling, I see injustice, I will fight for you. I, I, I hate injustice. I hate it when people are bullied. And if you want me to support you, I, if you say you want to get to the moon, I don't care who tells you it's not possible. I say, let's do it. <laughs> I'll, 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 back, I'll, I'll make sure that you get there. If that's what you believe you want to do, we can make it happen. Awesome. So I said to her, okay, I'll, I'll support you. I'll, I'll, I'll support you, but don't get me involved. She says, well, she's invited us to church on Sunday. I said, okay, I'll come with you. I was kind of interested because I wanted to see who these weird people were. I've never been in a meeting like that. <laughs> And so I thought, I'll, I'll go along. I said, but listen, I know how they work. They're going to want to get your name and address. You don't give yourself anything to anybody, okay? So she said, okay. And we went, and they, Pastor Theo gave the altar call, and Janine gave her life to the Lord that day. I said, look at her, what are you doing? Mm. So she says, no, I really believe I want to do this. I said, okay, now just remember, don't give your name and address to anybody. <laughs> So she, she told her, she said, now my mother's served the Lord, yeah, and she'll look after us and everything. But then after the service, uh, Pastor Theo called all the pastors to the front. And he said, if anybody needs healing, come, please come to your, your pastor, to any one of the pastors, and they'll pray for you. So Janine said, this is, this is what I want to do. So I went with her, and we're standing in front of the pastor. She explains the whole story to him, and he looks at her and says, do you believe Jesus will heal us. And she said, yes, I do. Mm. I, uh, you do? Mm. And she said, yes, I, I do. And it was like a lightning bolt. She went down on the floor. Wow. 
And I still looked at that, thought, what happened? Yeah, it's like, and the pastor's backing off. He says, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. Uh, this is God. I said, what do you mean, God? I saw you put your hands on her. <laughs> said, no, God's healing her. Yeah. And I was shocked and amazed because I know Janine is not a weirdo. I didn't know about these other people. I thought they were all brainwashed, a bunch of, you know, mm. weirdos. But I know my wife's not one of those. Yeah. And yet she's lying on the floor. Uh, uh, what is going on here? And eventually she came around and the pastor picked her up. And I'm looking at her with, with wide eyes. And the pastor says, so how does your leg feel? So she tested it. And the pain is gone. Wow. And she says, there's pain. So the pastor says, now, that was Jesus. Sure. He healed you. Sure. And he says, now, listen, I want to show you something. He goes to 1 Peter 2.24. He says, now, if the pain comes back, here's a scripture I want you to quote. And I, in my skeptical mind, I thought, yeah, right. Now, this is psychosomatic, and now he's covering his bases. Yeah. <laughs> I was this yeah. is weird back yeah. then, man. And so he says, here's the scripture. By Jesus' stripes, I've been healed. You need to quote this. If you're having fear, if you're feeling pain, whatever, quote this word. So that Monday, she had to go for final x-rays before her operation. And so she went and they took the x-rays. And while we're walking back to the doctor's room, I couldn't wait because of what happened last night. Yeah. So I pulled the letter out and the letter says the fibrous dysplasia has got worse. And the bone has to come out immediately. Mm. And Ning just broke into tears. Sure. You know. I don't know why is it the whole. I know today it's the Holy Spirit, but this just came out of me. I said, "What did the pastor tell you to do mm. last night?" Now you must remember, this isn't Pastor Allen speaking. This is uncircumcised heathen Philistine Allen. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said, "What did the pastor say?" She says, "I'm gonna say by Jesus' stripes I've been healed." I said, "So say it." Now yeah. I didn't know faith. Yeah. I didn't know faith is the sub things hope for the evidence of things not seen. I didn't know the spirit of faith is to speak. Yeah. I just knew this is what the pastor says. So I said, say it. And so she said it, and we walked a little while, and she started crying again. So I said, say it again. And then I realized as long as I keep her talking, she won't cry. So my motive wasn't faith. My <laughs> motive was keep my wife's mind off this yeah, letter. Yeah, exactly. So I said, say it again. Yeah. Say it again. Sure. Say it again. Wow. And so she, she kept saying it, and I said, say it again. We got back to the doctor's room, and he, he took out the letter. He read it. And he put the x-rays into the window, and he looked at the x-ray, and he looked at the letter, and he looked confused. So he went into his back room, he got other x-rays out, and put them in the window. He looked at those x-rays, he looked at these, looked at the letter, and I could see this doctor was looking very confused. Yeah. So I said, doctor, what's going on? So he said, come have a look here. He says, now, fibrous dysplasia, it's a disease in the bone. Yeah, you can see it. He has the old x-ray. It's like there's gray fibers. You can see them. It's like steel wool that's been pulled in, in the bone. Yeah. It says, now, the thing with fibrous dysplasia, because it's in the calcium of the bone, it can't be flushed out. It can't grow out. It can't disappear. It's there. What we do is we measure it and make sure it's not expanding or growing. And if it stays consistent, then we're okay with it. But, you know, he's explaining this whole thing. So the best we can hope for is it stops growing. It says, now, look at the new x-ray. And I looked at it, and it's white, sure. clear, white bone. 
No way. That's so cool. And he says, to go from this x-ray to this one, he said, I would not say it's the same person. He says, I wow. don't know what this letter, this is not medically possible. Wow. So I said, doctor, would you call that a miracle? <laughs> and he said, you call it whatever you want to, but I cannot operate on the new x-ray. Sure. So he said, then, do you have any pain? Is there any pain in your body? She said, no. He says, well, then we cancel the operation. Now, if you do get pain, you come back. Yeah. And I said, doctor, we will not be back. That night, I went home. I went into my study. Janine went to go have a bath. And I said, God, I've forgotten what it's like to be religious. I don't know. I haven't got a religious bone in my body. And I don't know what to do here with mm. this information. Mm. Because the God that we I was raised with was that miracles were only operated by Jesus and the apostles. Yeah. And you know, passed away, and yeah, I'm seeing a pastor lays his hands on my wife, and then a doctor says it's gone. <laughs> I said, I can't explain that in the natural. One plus one doesn't equal two anymore, but this is obvious that something's happened here that I can't explain. The proof is there. And so I just lifted my hands. Up. I don't know what to do. I don't know who this other God was that all these other religions are talking about, but a God that will reach through my blasphemy, through my anger, and heal my wife without even a guarantee that I'll say thank you. Sure. I said, that God I want to know. Wow. I want to know who you And, I, you know, I've got so much to learn about you. You're a God of love. And that was my beginning. I said, I don't know where else to go except back to where Janine was healed. And so we did. We went back to Christian Family Church. And from that day on, the word of God just opened up and I saw so much mm. that my pastor was teaching me, seeing the scriptures in it for the first time from a heart of love. And that really was my foundation where love demonstrated to someone who didn't even want it. Love truly yeah. unlocked so much, eh? Yeah, powerful. Oh, and has and has in our lives, in in our, our ministry, and in so many other people's lives, we've seen it happen again and again and again. So praise God for His grace. Sure, and I, I love. I've, I've heard you say this, and I think it's on your on your website as well. Is that you actually? When this all happened, you said to God, "Why is no one?" preaching this <laughs> why is no one teaching the bible yes, this uh, way and and then he said no, something to you what was that yes what happened there was because now because everything that i'd learned religiously yeah wasn't i, I would pastor theo would start to teach something i said really that's in the bible mm. and then i'd see all these scriptures. i couldn't put the bible down man sure. i was studying it reading the word and i was like look here's another truth here's another truth and look at this is also true mm. and then one day i read a scripture and just this holy anger hit me mm. and i cried i said god why are more people not teaching this bible yeah and it boom in my spirit i heard this would you sure it was so clear to me that I looked around. I wanted if you, if you were in the room, would you have heard it? But I know it wasn't audible. Wow. But it was so clear I couldn't deny it. And it went against everything of, that I had already developed as a philosophy because I was very successful in the computer industry as a computer programmer, systems analyst, had a great career path ahead of me. 
And my impression was that people that couldn't really make it in business, they helped run the church. And so <laughs> I was naive and stupid, but I'm going like, you want me, a successful business career man, to preach the gospel? And it was so clear I couldn't deny it. Mm. And so I said, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, I'll commit my life to it. And so praise God, that was the beginning of our growth until we, uh, it wasn't long, it was a few years later that I was invited to serve on staff with Pastor Theo Bormerens in Johannesburg and uh, was full-time there for a year. And then a year later, we were called to come plant the Bay Christian Family Church, 1994. Yeah. 1994. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. And you guys have grown. You've got different campuses. Um, I read on your website, I don't know how accurate that information is, but that you're about at 8,000 members with all your campuses included in the Western Cape. Yes, if you... Yeah. Yeah. We've, we now have, uh, let me just count them. I think it's six six or six campuses or seven. I, did, I have to count them. I don't no really worry. memorize them. <laughs> That's okay. Um <laughs> We, no, it, it's just a way of reaching people that might find it too far to travel to get here always. No, and of so it's wonderful to use technology. And it's helped a lot because that's what we're doing now during the lockdown. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, people are always, already kind of used to it. So now it's just spreading it further and keeping in touch. And I think that's so amazing um, because it's, these are such weird times we are living in and we've all had to adapt in some way. And I, I know that you have an amazing testimony as well about um, how God took you out of debt, how his, his truth about um, finances and him being a provider has had such a huge impact on your life. And uh, I know that's, that's also a long testimony, but I think if, if I could ask in this time that we're in, there's a lot of people that have lost so much, that have gone through extreme hardships, may have lost hope, don't know what to do next, don't know how to navigate this time financially, having to take care of a family, mm -hmm. maybe a business has gone down. Um, just from your experience with you know, making God your provider, can you maybe give a, just an encouraging message to those who are listening of how, how to, how to uh, what does it look like when God is really your provider and how do you navigate this uncertain time? I began my very first message when we went down into lockdown. It's true for us as a whole as Christians, but it's also pertinent to what the question you've just asked me. Mm. And I said, you know, everything we shouted hallelujah to in the church, everything we amen to, everything we jumped up and said, yes, you know, when the pastor said, God's for you, is not against you. Yes, amen. Yeah. God provides you every need. Yes, amen. Mm. Everything we said yes, amen to is still true. Amen. Every scripture that God ever gave as a promise, he didn't put in brackets except 2020. <laughs> if if it says, by Jesus' stripes, you've been healed, he didn't put a bracket in there except COVID-19. Mm. Every single disease has been destroyed. Every sickness has been healed. Mm. And we need to receive that. Amen. And so the same way, when we're going to lockdown, I know for some people, uh, they've had their salaries were stopped. Others may have lost their jobs. The, their bosses told them, we don't have a position for you anymore. Mm. 
Others, their businesses require them to be hands-on out there. It's not like it's a passive income. These are all very true realities. But we all know the account of Isaac when there was a famine in the land. Uh, He was heading towards Egypt because that's what his father Abraham did. If you were in in lack, head to Egypt. And Egypt in that instance could be considered a type of the world. Mm. So that's going to be his answer. That's going to be his solution. And Gerar, Genesis 26, is the last station that that you're going to be at before you head to Egypt. And in Gerar, God addresses uh, Isaac and he says to him, I gave your father a promise. Mm. I'll provide for him. Mm. I'm going to do the same for you. I want you to stay in this land. Now, it's a land of famine. It's a land of lack. Mm. But I'm going to bless you here. And the Bible says something that seems crazy to the natural. And Isaac sowed in that land. Yeah, sure. Which land? The (laughs) land of famine. (laughs) Yeah, the dry ground. And you can imagine politically correct social justice warriors on social media today, they would have taken Isaac out. Mm. Are you nuts? Do you know what a famine is? That's food you put in the ground you could have used to feed your family and blah, 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 blah. You you know what it was going to sound like. But he took and he put that seed in the ground. He trusted God. And the Bible says says in that same year, he reaped a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Wow. Now, here's the thing. If I can, instead of looking at seasons of lack, as me having nothing, if you have tithed, you're living under open windows of heaven, right? Mm. You're mm. blessed. Yeah. If you've sown seed, God's not mocked. What a man sows, he, he will reap. reap. Amen. God gives seed to the sower. So if we see ourselves as farmers, instead of people always waiting for God to give us something, a farmer has a different outlook on times of lack. Or looks like lack. If you can think of a farmer, he's got a barn full of seed, right? Mm. He knows he has to prepare for a harvest. He takes all that seed and he puts it in the ground. Yesterday, he had seed in the barn, money in the bank. Today, he's got seed in the ground. But if, if a stranger walked past, he would see a man with a field of sand and an empty barn. Looking at someone who doesn't have anything left in the world. But the farmer's not in fear. <laughs> he smiles at the man and he says, you know what? I may not have anything in my barn right now. I may not even have anything growing in my field. But I know what's under that ground. There's seed working for me. Sure. But that seed has to come up. And he knows there's a period where he's going to have nothing. But he's prepared for that in advance. So he's got food in the house. And his next food is coming up. There's a time of lack. And so if I don't sow seed, I schedule a time of lack in my future. Wow. But a farmer who sown his seed has scheduled a time of harvest. Mm, so I'm good. saying to everybody that's watching this, if you have seed in the ground, you may be in a growing period right now. You don't have a harvest coming in, but the word of God is still true. God is not mocked. 
Yeah. And I'm giving a word from God. I believe it with all my heart. Something is about to happen. If you've lost your job, you're going to have a promotion. You're going to get a job that's going to pay more than you had before. Amen. If you've lost money in your business, what you think you should have made in this time period, when you get back, listen for God for instruction, but you obey him, do what he says, your income's going to bypass in the months ahead what you have lost in the past. What the thief has stolen has to be restored sevenfold over. Now, by faith, put pressure on that. Mm. Don't allow the enemy to, for one moment, tell you you've lost something. You cannot steal from a sower. Mm. And I make it a decision. And I encourage everybody to do the same thing. Use this as a time saying, you know what, Father? I know you look after me and I am not in fear. Yeah. And so we've already got so many testimonies coming in through members of our church. That's amazing. Still the supplier. So true. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, we have a, a testimony similar to that. I've spoken to to two of my friends who also, it's, it's interesting, before lockdown in the normal running of things, you know, um, there were, there were certain aspects of, of what I do that was still a challenge and, and still very difficult to deal with and similar to my friends as well. And then actually during the lockdown, during the famine, uh, we have seen God provide more than in what was, you know, used to be normal times. And, and that's Perfect. just, you know, him, his goodness coming through. And it's, and, and my wife and I did exactly that. We, we, we kept saying, we, we kept saying God's word, what is true about his word. We, we would call into God's remembrance, the seed that we have sown. And then we would say, Lord, okay. We, cause there was in the beginning, we were, we were unhinged initially. We were worried. We were fearful. Uh, and we were just like, this is difficult. We don't know what to do with our kids the, the whole day at the house. <laughs> and all my shows are canceled. A letters events are canceled. And you know, how do we deal with all these things? And, and there were a few days of not handling it well. And then we looked at each other and went, okay, we need to look at Jesus. And we just prayed. We, we just calmed ourselves down. And then we said, Lord, what do you want us to do? And that's exactly what you're saying. Wait for that instruction. Yes. And, but it's first, first you, have to, you have to move the dial from reacting from you know, human emotion and what you see to what is God mm -hmm. saying in this time, you know? There's 5,000 people yes. who need food. Yes. We only have two fish and some bread. What are we going to do, Lord? It's like, give it to me. I'll multiply it. And, th yes. and that's, that's what we yes. found God did. With He just said, what do you have? And we're like, this is what we have. It's not exactly what our plan was. But then he said, let mm -hmm. me show you. And then he multiplied something we didn't even imagine can work. And, and we, we were going to have to get UIF for our people. Then we could suddenly say, hey, don't worry. We can still pay you guys. That's... I mean, that's Praise the God you. we serve. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, amen. yes and amen. And I just want just, to you know, just add on to that and say, if you are listening to this and watching and you are going through a difficult time, you know, it's, we're not saying God is a slot machine and, you know, no. that's not, it's not at all what it is. This is all about relationship with the Father who loves you. And, and that's why it's so important to stay close to Him and stay locked into His Word and, and that's where, that's where the things happen. It's when we try to run around in our own strength when we feel mm -hmm. the fear and the worry and all that stuff. 
But when we just quiet yeah. ourselves and go, okay, Lord, <laughs> what do you want? Yes. Sure. That's that so good. Is. That's so good. Amen. And you also speak about um, hearing the voice of God, spending time with God. And I'm thinking maybe, you know, what we all need is, is some advice about how, how do we do that? How do we spend that time with God? How do we access His Word and hear His voice and then apply that? Um, mm. How would you advise people in this time where it's, there's so much noise, there's so much distraction, there's so much to, to worry about, fear about? Um, what, what is the best way to, to quiet yourself? I know there's the practical stuff, but just maybe from your perspective uh, and from your experience, how would you encourage people to spend that time with God and, and hear His voice so that they can do what God is leading them to do? Yeah. If, you, if we're wanting to hear God, we, it's always going to be from the basis and the foundation of His Word. Mm. He will never violate His Word. Mm. So the first place we hear God is the Word of God. Amen. He, that's the recording of His will. So we need to renew our minds. So if there is an area that I'm struggling in, that I'm experiencing fear attack me, uh, it, it's a demonic spirit. It's something that's trying to get us from faith. It's not another force. Fear is literally faith being distorted. Mm. Uh, the devil's not able to create his own power. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Yes. And fear is the evidence of things not seen. It's what might happen, what could happen. Yeah. And really, it's so in the fear of death. Mm. So most of what we fear is if you play it out, I'm going to land up being destroyed. Mm. So that that is the only reason there's fear. So now, how do I combat that? I have to flip it around. I have to go back to the one who is love, know that he loves me, and he has given his word as promises. And he's not a man that did lie. And he watches over his word to perform the word. He doesn't do anything outside of his word. He doesn't do something because you're desperate or you cry or you shout. He does it because his word says it. Mm. And so I need to know what is his word on the issue. So number one is go to the scriptures. Say what word answers my problem? What, what is the promise of God? And so I'm going to need to meditate on that to renew my mind to a point I need to keep doing that until I get to a point where I say, I'm convinced. If God has said it, no one can talk me out of it. Mm. You know, there are scriptures there. There's, there's certain opinions that you have that I, if I've used enough arguments, I could eventually talk you out of your opinion. Yeah. But when it comes to the word of God. It's like someone tried to talk me out of healing once. They came with that, that God doesn't heal today uh, <laughs> by laying on of hands, you know. And they brought me a whole article, even using scripture, which the devil is able to do. He says, it is written to Jesus. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> so that's true. they presented me with this article. I said, you're too late. I, I, I've not only have I taken the word, stood on the word, I've seen the response of the word. And so, you know, that was God. Working through his word. You can't, if someone is convinced on the scripture, the word of God, they won't be spoken out of it. Mm. That's where we need to get to the place. I know my God supplies my need. Now, if I look at the natural, I may be panicked. Now, here's where I need to hear from God because there is a solution and it has to work out in the practical. And that's the thing is that, you know, even if you think of a miracle, I need to know what my next step is. Yeah. So, do I. When Moses had to lift up the staff, then the sea opened. Uh, Peter had to be told, come. 
before he stepped onto the water. So Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Yeah. He says, they won't follow a stranger. And so if he says, I hear his voice means I do hear his voice. Someone said, you know, but I haven't heard his voice. But Jesus said, you do. So maybe it's that we don't recognize it. Yeah. We've been looking in the wrong area. And so we look at what the word of God says and we are born again. Jesus said that we would be given the Holy Spirit, that he would remind you of what you've been taught. He will teach you all things and he'll show you what's to come. So good. So that's past, present and future mm. that the Holy Spirit will reveal. And he said that he would speak it within our hearts. Remember, the Bible says that the peace of God must rule in our hearts. Yeah. That word rule is the Greek word barabio. It means to be an umpire or a referee. <laughs> and so if you can think of the peace, peace is absolute rest. If I'm worried, if I'm in anxiety, if there's turmoil, if there's stress, that's not peace. Yeah. So what I need to do is go and spend time with the Holy Spirit. Just go and worship God, worship the Father, just honor Him, honor His Word, read some Word if you need to, but then just pray. And if you fill with the Holy Spirit and you're able to pray in tongues, just pray in tongues, just pray, 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 pray. And you will find by doing that, you will enter a place of peace. Mm. That's where you absolute place of rest, where it doesn't matter even if I lost everything, I don't care. <laughs> so now... You're in a place of peace. Yeah. You say, Father, it's not my will, but it's yours. Remember, Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I've heard my father say it. So, Lord, what do I do? What is my next step? And you will sense it's, it's more a knowing than a head thing. It may be a leading, an impression, uh, an idea yeah. to go in a certain direction. Uh, the example I always like to use is let's say, I see a great house that I want to buy, okay? Now, do I buy that house? Is it in the right area? Is it going to be safe for my family? Is it going to grow in value? Is the, the, the area going to stay strong as it is right now? Those are unknowns in the natural. Yeah. Any area can turn in an instant. So the way I see it is I imagine myself at a fork road. Down this road, I'm buying the house, I'm moving in, I'm seeing my family live in it, I see ourselves working around that house. What do I sense in my heart when I think about it? And then down this road, we're going to cancel the deal. I'm not going to move. We're going to stay here in this house or look at another house. And what do I sense in my heart? And you will find that if you spend enough time where you're at peace, there is no more what I want. I really like the house. I like its kitchen. I want to <laughs> uh, put all that flesh stuff aside. Yeah. In other words, even if I lose the house, I'm okay with that. Mm. I don't want anything God doesn't want for me. So good. And so I pray and I listen. I see myself moving in. I see myself not. And along that process, I'm trying to simplify it because sometimes it's more than that. But just really simple is that one, you're going to find there's a check. Mm. No, don't go that way. Yeah. Don't do that. Maybe if I'm thinking moving, it's a beautiful house. The kitchen's lovely. I've got a pool. It's like everything I want, it's where I want to live. But then I have this check. Why? It's like all of a sudden mm. you feel 
grieved, something's mm. wrong. It's scratchiness. Then I'll back off, leave it for a day or two. Don't rush it. Just wait for a day or two. I have people that have been frustrated with me. Pastor Alan, this is a deal of a lifetime. You've got to say yes. They need to know by five o'clock. <laughs> if, if God can't keep this thing for me past five o'clock, then I also don't want it because then he's not strong enough as God. Wow, <laughs> you know? that's good. He's still God. And yeah. he, if he wants me to have it, even the building we're in today, we lost, I put that in inverted commas, because it looked like the deal we wanted disappeared. And yet, years later, we got back into the building. So, yeah. point I'm making is, wait for a day or two, trust God. Often, he may have somebody speak to you, say something. That's like a confirmation. Mm. Someone else says something. And they may just be talking, but in your heart, that gives you, and you go, hang on, I'm getting this. Mm. Then go back and pray. And again, now the check is stronger. No, we're not going that way. Yeah. Okay, so what do you want to do? Well, you'll feel a leading in this direction. Then start to walk that out. And as you walk it out, you'll find peace, doors open, favor, mm. things are happening. Mm. It's flowing. It's very smooth. That doesn't say mean it's always going to be smooth. Because <laughs> no. sometimes, even though God says go, yeah. you hit the front door. Yeah. You know, people, God opened the door for me. The devil knows how to open doors as well. Sure. Okay. He knows how to make things happen yeah. in the net. So I'm not led by open doors. But if God says walk and the door's closed, I'll keep walking in that direction as long as I'm walking with the peace of God. That's I know so he's good. leading and then by the time I get to the door, when it's right time to go through, it'll open. Yeah. And then you do it. And that's that would I, that's what I would say is the strongest area to hear God's voice. Some people talk about hearing him audibly. Uh, as, as I say, my calling was I could have said it was audible. That's how clear it was. But most times we don't hear that clear voice that you'd say I heard God speak. Mm. But it's that peace, that let the peace of God rule. Let that be your umpire. You know how umpire works. Mm. Watches the game until you violate a rule. Then he blows the whistle to call you back. Yeah. And then explains what you did wrong and then sets the game in a new direction and then lets you play again. So the same way, if you're about to, I've had it happen when I thought, okay, I'm going to make this deal. And I reach for the phone. I hear that whistle. Okay. You can put it there. Okay. Is that check. Yeah. Don't pick up the phone and I'll back off. My brain's going, you've got to do this. You gotta, he's going to be leaving the office soon. And No, no, no. I will never violate that peace. And so, I may never even understand why. Yeah, It's not always necessary to. God sometimes tells me and it plays out in the long run. You go, okay, now I see why. But that doesn't always happen. You just have to learn to trust God. Lean not to your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge yeah. Him. That's awesome. I love that. It's such practical advice, and and I can I can say you know Amen to a lot of that in, from my own experiences, and it's a relational thing. It's really a relational thing, and uh, I, I I was wondering if you could, you know, you also mentioned it from your own experience growing up in a religious environment, then discovering who God really is. And then stepping into relationship with him, uh, I think a lot mm. of a lot of not not hearing God has to do with the fact that we maybe not even actually in a relationship with him, but we're expecting something from him. Um, can you 
uh, as a last big you know step in our conversation maybe just explain how you see the difference between religion and relationship with God and then uh, if you from there can can invite people that maybe realize sure maybe that's me into a relationship with Jesus and and do do an online altar call for us I would really appreciate that with pleasure you know obvious answer but do you love your wife <laughs> yes I do love my <laughs> wife <laughs> right now you come to me and you say Helen I'd like to you know I need some advice uh, I've got this struggle with my marriage and we we in a bit of a tense spot I do love my wife and I want my marriage to be better but I find out just nothing I can do seems to work seem to be hitting all the wrong buttons things are going wrong what, what how do I fix this relationship yeah so we're going to start with obvious you know how are you talking to her how are you treating her do you see her do you respect her do you honor her yes i do okay so then what do you do now i could tell you okay now first thing when you get home i want you to go down number one is go to a florist go buy a whole bunch of flowers okay first of all you're going to lay the path to say you're sorry and and you want this thing to work yeah and then with the flowers you're going to Go into it, and then I, and you're going to say, now, honey, you know, you are the most important thing in my life, and I really want to lay down my life and hear from you. I want to hear what you've got to say. Where have we been missing it? And and I give you this long you know, advice to start with. So what you do is you go to the florist, you buy your flowers, and you walk in, and you've got this list that you wrote down while taking notes while I told you what to do. And you walk in, and you look point one. So you say, Aleta, I want to tell you I love you. Please forgive me for how bad I've been. Could we possibly sit down and talk? <laughs> now, how would she react to that? Yeah, sure. It's like, that's a good example. Give me a break. Yeah. That's religion. You're, yeah. you're going through a ritual wow. that someone else has been through. Mm. A relationship is you and me. Like, like we're talking here, we, you know, we didn't come on here with an agenda, with a list of things that we had to go through and say. The relationship is born out of, God, I, I love you, and you are my God, you're my Father, you created me. Right now, I empty my life, and I say, Lord, just, who are you? Please, please reveal yourself to me. Show me your glory. Let me see who you are. Let me know you. Let me mm. know your ways. Mm. Why do you, you do it? How do you do what you do? Reveal to me the heart behind it. I don't want to do something because you say you do it. What is the purpose? What's, what's the, and that's when you discover love is, he is love. You know, what is love? You say, what is love? Love is the person, God. Yeah. Yeah. And everything he does is driven out of love. And if I can get to know love and just spend time with him, get to know him more intimately, and then let that love shine through me. Then I, you know, it's different. You know, how do you have a, a quiet time? First of all, a quiet time shouldn't be quiet. You had in communication. <laughs> so, number one, 10 minutes of praise and worship. Number two, pray in tongues in 10 minutes. Number three, read the Bible for 10 minutes. No, that's ritual. Mm. Sing till you, even if you just spend the whole hour or five minutes singing mm. and doesn't have to make sense it doesn't have to sound the same it doesn't have to be words that you know make a joyful noise just 
and sing your heart, let God know you love him. Yeah. And then talk to him, pray. There's no real ritual and act to it. Is Listen, I think people sometimes feel hurt and struggle and battle through the obligations of action. And yes, if, if I've been neglecting God, I need to get together with him. And I will set a time and say, okay, I'm not leaving till I've had this time with God. But in that, the relationship plays out just the same way this whole time with us talking here. It's played out in the way God wanted it to go. Yeah, I believe both of us led by the Spirit, and we've been speaking about His things. Mm. But none of it was ritualistic, and that's the same way it should be with us and our Father. Mm. Is just have an intimate relationship with Him. So I really want to encourage anybody that is watching this: if you've ever felt guilty, under pressure that you haven't performed enough, God is love. That's who He is. And love is born out of action. It's, it's an interesting thing. You think about this. John, the disciple, the apostle, was convinced Jesus loved him more than anybody else. Yeah, right? yeah he calls himself the disciple who Jesus loved. <laughs> yeah. Now, you go read all the Gospels. Nowhere is it recorded that Jesus ever said, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And yet they were all convinced he loved him. Now, I know we like to hear, I love you. Yeah. But that's usually out of mind security. I need to hear that. No greater love has someone than to lay down his life for his friend. And he did that. He demonstrated. They had no doubt sure. he loved them. Amen. Why? Because of how he was always responding with them. And so the same way, I want to know that love from the Father. And that's the love we see from him. Is you, you go with that open heart, not with any religious presumption, not with any pressure of having to act and go through a certain ritual. Just open your heart mm. and spend time with God. Say, Father, meet me with where I'm at. I'm, I'm coming to you. I'm knocking on the door. You knock on the door, he will open. Seek me, you'll find me. Mm. And so those that wait on the Lord, they will renew their strength. So now I'm with you, Father, and just let him be God, let him be your Father, and you'll be amazed in those times of intimacy, of how much more aware you'll be of the love of God and the presence of God. So I really pray that for everybody that we come to know God for who he is, the God of love. And it's interesting that the children of Israel knew the works of God. Moses knew the ways of God. And wow. that was because of relationship. Mm. So you asked me to pray. Yes, I, I would love for you to just create an opportunity for those listening, maybe to come to Christ for the first time, maybe to renew their relationship, yes. or maybe they realize, like you know, I did when I was 16, that I'm, I'm a cultural Christian. I'm not really a born-again one. I uh, just want to create an opportunity for people to, to come home. If you are watching this and you happen to have clicked on and you haven't yet given your life to Jesus, I'm sure you've heard enough to know He loves you. Even if you've backslidden, He still loves you. Remember the father of that son who went on prodigal living? Mm. The Bible says that when he came up that road, the father ran to go and meet him. Amen. That means he was watching that road every day. Mm. 
And that's exactly where your father is right now. He's not expecting anything else from you just to say, Father, please take me home. And that's all you have to do. The rest happens. There are things that all of us, we're all working on all the time. God's not expecting you to be perfect. None of us are. Mm. We're all a work in progress. But it begins with, Daddy, I love you. And I want to know you. And so if you are hearing this for the first time, it's done with a decision. It's saying, I believe Jesus is alive. And then confessing it. And I'm going to lead you in that right now. And then also if you're coming back, you're coming home, you want to have a revival in your heart. You want to renew your relationship with God. Let's pray the same prayer. So right now, while you're watching, just say this. It doesn't have to be ritualistic. I'm going to say something that's born out of Scripture, but it's going to be from your heart to your Father who loves you. Sure. So say this with me. Mm. Heavenly Father, thank you. I know you love me. You love me so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for my sin. Thank you, Jesus. I believe you did it. You bore all my sin away, all of it. And you died, paid the price in full. And then you rose from the dead. And today you are alive. Mm. I believe that. Yes. I believe that. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to know you, and I know as I do this, I'm a child of God. Yeah. And from this day on, I live to know you, to love you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Awesome. If you if you pray that prayer, please uh, in the comments just say I came home or Amen, uh, just so we know and can uh, follow up with you. I would really appreciate that. Uh, wow. Apostle, Doctor, Pastor, Alan, uh, thank you so much. It was just such an amazing time <laughs> in, in the presence of God with you. And uh, it's just, I love sitting at your feet and learning. Uh, you're such a great teacher of the Word. Thank you so much. And the love that you have for, for Jesus is just so tangible. Um, thank you so much for your time and your, your effort to be here. I really appreciate it. And uh, I, I want to encourage people to, to go and visit um, alanbagministries.org. It's a great website with lots of amazing uh, things you can watch and uh, resources you can get into. Um, and uh, also just more and more of these great teachings that you've heard today. So please go and support his ministry and check out what's going on there. Uh, and then I would just like to end off with a prayer uh, for you and your, your family and ministry. Uh, yes, Lord, thank you for, for Alan and for Janine, their beautiful children. Uh, they now have a grandson. It's so amazing. Thank you for uh, the Bay Christian Family Church, for Allen Bag Ministries. Lord, I just pray that you bless, strengthen, equip, and, and lead the way for all of them uh, in their respective roles. I thank you, God, that your, that you, your blessing is upon this family and this ministry. I thank you, Lord, that you I protect them, guide them. Uh, we thank you for wisdom, Lord, uh, as they move forward, for clarity into, into how to keep following you. Lord, I pray that you will, you, will answer the, the prayers, the passionate prayers of their hearts and, and that you will open the doors that no man can shut uh, for their yes. family and for their ministry. Thank you, Lord, that they thank will you, go Jesus. from strength to strength and glory to glory and, uh, and lead even more people yes. into your kingdom as they move forward. 
I thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. 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 If I can just say something, as children yes. of God, we are all sons and daughters amen. of the Most High God. Amen. Amen. So good. That's true. And, and that sonship and daughtership, if that's a word, is, is just that's the beginning of everything that makes sense and has real worth. And yeah, so that's amen to that. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you so much. I have a wonderful Friday and, uh, and say hi to the family from all of us. Uh, I'm just going to greet the people quickly. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for being online. Thank you for your comments and being part of this. Please keep sharing and letting other people know. Uh, next week, we uh, kick off again on Monday. We've got some amazing guests coming, so keep an eye on the page. And uh, yeah, please encourage others to come and join us as well. Please make sure you go back and watch some of the others we've already done. I believe it'll, it'll just be an inspiration and give so much hope. So thank you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Friday. Uh, for now, we say goodbye.